Hello and welcome to Stoner, our very first episode. Uh, Stoner is a show where I talk to creative people about marijuana. On this week's show, I talked to Amina So. Amina is someone who helped me think about what this show could become. She has a show herself called Call Your Girlfriend. Uh, I heard her on a different show called Another Round, and she was talking about what it's like being a weed enthusiast um, as a black woman and as an immigrant. And I kind of wanted to hear more from someone who uh, likes weed as much as I do, who has had very different experiences uh, as a smoker of it. So um, I had her come to the studio and we had a great uh, conversation. Here it is. Oh, and subscribe if you like this. And if you have friends who are into this kind of thing, tell them. Spread the word. All right, here we go. Unusual geographical history. I am from Guinea in West Africa, French-speaking Guinea, but I've never lived there. I grew up in Nigeria and in Belgium and France, pretty much a little diplomatic brat. Like when you were living in Nigeria, you were like a outsider within Nigeria also? Yeah, I've never um, I've, I've never lived where, I, you know, the country that my passport is from or where I'm from. That's yeah. never happened. I think I've been to Guinea like a total of... You know, like however much like summer months of my whole <laughs> life growing up. My yeah. like parents are very traditionally like Guinean people, but we never like we didn't live there. How uh, old were you when you left Nigeria? That's where I graduated from high school. Is marijuana part of like the high school life in Nigeria? So here, so here's the deal. <laughs> I went to a very religious boarding school. So like things were things were weird. It was very small. My graduating class was 29 people. I don't know. I was like, none of these people have my taste level for a lot of things. <laughs> so <laughs> I wasn't trying to make a lot of friends. I just like didn't really party with them because uh-huh. I thought they were weird. So marijuana culture was happening unbeknownst to me <laughs> yeah. because I was just not part of that. And Nigeria certainly has, you know, like there is marijuana around a lot of hash yeah. um, that I had encountered. But my parents were also... Uh, my mom was the kind of person that any suspicious smell to her was marijuana like, <laughs> my whole life. And I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure that's like cow poop. But, you know, like a- any suspicious smell Where was marijuana. Where do you marijuana. think that ca- comes from? Probably her own upbringing and, you know, I don't know. Uh, and my family's also Muslim, um, but they're, you know, like fairly, we're like we're Muslim, but it's more cultural than um, traditional. But, you know, it's like she's a Muslim woman. So I think that a part of that, too, is just like, you know, like, Good girls don't, uh, right. they're Corru- not around like marijuana. Corruption is, is everywhere in the world waiting for you. Exactly. And so I think I just grew up like, you know, vaguely aware of what the marijuana smell was, but never the mechanics of how it happened. Yes. And then the couple of people in high school that I knew who smoked marijuana, like I just didn't want to be friends with them. And it had nothing to do with the fact that they smoked weed. Are, were you exposed to a like wide spectrum yeah. of teenagers? So, so it's actually, yeah, I was exposed to a really wide spectrum of teenagers. And it's actually really interesting because, um, I, so I went to this American high school. It costs a lot of money. But the interesting experience is that all of the white people that are there, so the Americans are, uh, a lot of them, are their parents are missionaries. Yeah. So they're actually the lower class people and the rest of us are all like, <laughs> you know, like African, like uh, like middle class, upper middle class and like way upper. It's like 
I'm picturing... When Africa can afford to send their kids to a school that costs like 30K a year. Yeah. Right? Like... I'm kind of picturing like African aristocrats and like um, more the children of Mormon missionaries. No, pretty much, except for like Southern Baptists. What was it like to come out of that world? And like, where did where did you go when you graduated high school? I um, went to the University of Texas at Austin. Uh, it was very different. I wanted to go to a school where I was, you know, it's like there are 29 people in my class. I, like Good. I wanted the opposite of that. I want the movie experience of like American college yeah. <laughs> because I, I didn't mean, get the too. movie experience of American high school. When did you first try weed? When so, did you first try the weed? <laughs> I tried the weed for the first time, actually. I think it was my junior year of college. and But a couple of my friends like smoked weed and they were all women. And when I was a junior, I was finally in a place where I was like, you know what? Like there's time in my life for a new hobby. And uh, became marijuana. <laughs> and it, it worked for you. Yeah, it worked. It's like uh, my friend Mag had this ginormous bong in the shape of a longhorn, something like Michael Phelps would own. And she was like, do you want to try this? And I was like, I don't even know how this works. Like, I've only seen it in movies, but I don't understand. And she's like, here's the mechanics of it. And I took a hit and I was like, oh, I like how this feels. This is what being high is. You mean I'm not going to jail immediately? Like everything my mom said. And I was like, this is... I, like, I'm not accountable to anyone right now. This is great. Did you immerse yourself in that friend group then? And, like, I was already immersed in that friend group. So it's almost like I got to re-know a lot of these women in a different context. Like, we can watch South Park and eat pizza and get stoned yeah. and, like, braid our hair. Like, this is great. What was really funny is that, like, I had no idea where they got it from. I'm like, this thing just appears. <laughs> and uh, the thing that I've never understood about, like, people who <laughs> do any kind of drugs is why they're so into sharing. I'm just like, if I went through all of these lengths to, like, get this, like, illegal thing, I'm yeah. doing it by myself. But, like, people who do drugs are always like, here, do you, do you want this? And I'm like, you're crazy. What I'm wondering is how your identity shifted from being, like, really into pizza in Austin to continuing to enjoy weed as a productive member of society. Yeah. I moved to D.C. I yeah. was, like, I studied politics, and that's the only thing you can do afterwards, I, I imagine. Um, yeah, I took one of those personality tests, and yeah. the first thing that it said, it was, like, for your major and your personality you should be a park ranger and I was like no <laughs> like no and then the next thing was like work in policy what were like what were you doing in DC when you arrived I worked at this like nonpartisan think tank I still have no idea what think tanks do huge scam like yeah. 100% scammers great work if you can get it for sure <laughs> Honestly, you know, like, I was kind of bored by my job. Like, I'm too fun for this and for this town. I discovered, like, another group of women yeah. who were into marijuana. But Where do you find these women? Like, for women out there who are, like, looking <laughs> for a friend group. Like, what, you know what? what? what I'll, launch, I'll launch an app. Yeah. I think <laughs> Competing you should, app. I think you should have, like, a like a kind of, like, a bulletin, like, a social bulletin board Seriously. where people in new towns can meet each other. But also, more than anything, I was like, oh, I, I transitioned from, like, being this, like, I don't know, like, social stoner, I yeah. guess or a social user to being like, I want to buy, I want to control my own supply of marijuana because <laughs> uh, I'm a control freak. At the same time, like a couple other things were happening. Like I've always suffered from like very de debilitating insomnia and uh, realized that like that was something that helps. And also like I'm a woman who has a period and my like cramps sometimes are out of control. And I was like, these are two great use cases for why I need to do this. These things have like actual benefit. It has an actual benefit to my life. Did you just sort of realize that by 
by like self-experimentation. Yeah. Or like one of the women that I smoked with was like, oh, you know, like one way to deal with your cramps. Yeah. Have a glass of wine and smoke a bowl. This is better than the two Advil and the dumb, you know, like using your computer as a heat pad. So (laughs) which I I still which I still do. And I think that some of it, too, was just, you know, learning to just be a more mature consumer. Like when you're 21 and ordering your first drinks, you have no idea what you're doing. I like I drank seven and sevens for a whole year because I thought that's what you ordered at bars. And then finally I was like, okay, I'm ready to like learn. Yeah, yeah, totally. (laughs) I'm ready to learn how to be, uh, you know, like go to a bar and not sound like a doofus. And And, so that's what happened with marijuana. Which is a lot harder. That information's harder to come by when it comes to weed. Totally. And you, yeah, that information exists nowhere. I like very vividly remember Googling one day, like, what do you order at a bar? <laughs> this is me getting very vulnerable, but it's true. I was yeah. like, buttery nipple had more than one. Yeah. You're, you're experimenting out there and you're figuring it out. So it was that. And then also just the experience of like finding <laughs> marijuana, like if you are a woman and particularly a woman of color, and then you live in a town like D.C. where everybody pretends that they're, you know, like D.C. is a status town in that way where nobody would admit to right. any kind, you know. Like, Everyone thinks that they like are going to be a congressman. Exactly. You know, and I'm like, like, guess who's probably smoking marijuana right now? Yeah. All of your congressmen. In my experience, the way that I bought weed when I first moved to New York was like I had some phone number that was like on a business card and yeah. I got like a fairly strange man would show up like sometimes the same person sometimes different people do you as a woman like do that and you just kind of take the risk or like how does that work so so i think now i'm at a point where i'm comfortable enough that i you know i can ask like a room full of people like hey who here smokes weed do you have a dealer i need like when you're not like a shy person yeah i'm not a shy person but i (laughs) i i asked like a couple of just like cool women that i knew you know and like and i assessed them and i remember feeling really badly about this just being like that girl probably looks like she smokes weed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like she she probably does. And it's a thing that you have to ease into. And uh, and also just feeling a, a pressure about like, ah, oh, you know, like probably the future of our relationship like kind of depends on. Yeah. But it's, but it's also like DC is such a square town. I'm like, that girl has a pink rat tail. She probably knows where I'm going to find marijuana. Look, if you live in like Oakland and y- you're going to be able to figure out weed. For the majority of people in America, like um, young uh, Amina in 2009, I don't know what exactly the story takes. 2007. 2007, you know, things are a little less clear. So you ask the uh, elder elder stateswoman. uh, (laughs) The cooler stateswoman. (laughs) The cool stateswoman. The the one girl that I asked, like, she was like, oh, like, this guy that I'm sleeping with actually sells weed. And then it turned out he worked at the coffee shop around the corner. Always talk to your your barista. They know. (laughs) that guy just became like my regular supplier part of also like feeling safe with him is i was like oh like my friend knows you there was like a social tether there right (laughs) it's a lot of the things that like the dynamics that are at play actually in like uber and tinder 100 percent. i gave my credit card to an app that if you murder me like my sister will get a lot of money hopefully one day yeah that's how i feel yeah yeah it's like the whole interactions around it are so sketchy. One thing that I really wish that somebody would put on the internet, actually, <laughs> is, uh, is uh, and maybe somebody who like deals weed will do this. It's like, how should you interact with your weed dealer? You yeah. Because like, there's something that's so fraught about that, right? Because it just, there's this like mirage of friendship and you have to be nice to them, but it's such a transactional relationship. Sure. And also you're so at their mercy, like this guy, the the... You know, like now ex-boyfriend would like, he would always like linger too long. He, You know, it's like you would call him and then you'd have to wait for him for hours, you're, you know. And I'm just like, you're running a bad business here. But also 
you're the only business in town. I I am beholden to you in these ways. And, you know, and then there's a lot of awkwardness around it, too. Yeah. That's just, I don't know. I think that the older you get, the more confident you get. I think me and you as people who are on the sort of uh, fringes of the startup world, like, (laughs) I'm always kind of like, come on, man, like. A little packaging here, like a little no, like totally. a little branding. I'm like a little packaging. Like I'm such a sucker for that. I was like, if you have a very streamlined way to communicate with you, I yeah. appreciate that. Good customer service, being prompts. You know, I'm just like running good business here. Like yeah. this, you know, like I'm referring you to people sometimes. Yeah, you know, like don't embarrass us. And now I just, you know, it's like in New York, you're right. It's like there are these phone cards, you like have to text, and you have to be really vague about it. You yeah. know, it's like a Hey man, could you come by around 3 p.m. today? You know, or just say some weird, I don't know, like weird euphemisms. And I'm, it's like by the time, like after DC, by the time I had moved to New York and was doing that, I was like, okay, like, you know, I'm a little more like, I know what I want. I always offer, like, and it's almost always like a dude that delivers. I get, I would get wildly excited when like a woman would deliver and yeah. want to talk to her. But I'm like, I offer them a beer because it's polite. You know, and some people take it and some people don't. You have like a little chit chat, you give them their money and you go. I was like, there's no there's no reason to like prolong, you know, like I'm like they like they have other places to be. <laughs> right. I, I had sort of a vague recollection of you talking to me at some point about uh, at your time in D.C., uh, the person you were buying from like retiring. This is honestly it's still to this day the best email in my inbox. <laughs> this asshole, you will know why I call him an asshole who retires and sends like a thank you email to his entire customer base and doesn't BCC anyone. <laughs> so I'm like, this is how I know you're a bad, bi- like you're a bad businessman. You know, and it was very earnest. Like it was this very nice, like, thank you so much for all your business, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to law school. Uh, you know, like <laughs> this, is, this is the degree marijuana bought, <laughs> essentially, like it was that speech. But I was so shocked that he hadn't BCC'd anyone. And the name, like, just seeing the names on that list, like, I was so happy. I was yeah. like, because I knew a lot of them, and some of them I'm like, oh, I see you on TV, or oh, like, you know, like, you are a commentator, or blah, blah, blah. And, none, like, none of them would ever talk about it publicly. Non-BCC is such a crazy moment, because you know that everyone else is, like, experiencing synchronicity with you. Like, they're seeing themselves on the list while you see I them on know. the list. Ah, it's so crazy. And you know, like how the the depth of crazy of this email, not BCCing email, especially when you send to hundreds of people, like when my number one pet peeve happens when people reply all. Nobody ever replied to this email. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was no a, a mic know, like, drop email. Yeah, because it was not, it was, I'm, I'm like, I'm sure I'm the only person who's laughing right now. Yeah. Like everybody else is just like. Yeah, I'm never going to be a congressman. (laughs) Like, that's what's going to happen. And so that, yeah, I was like, I was like, D.C. is such a weird town. Like, nobody, nobody replied to this hilarious email. Like, the email was gold. So did you know other people who, I mean, did you like see people and then be like, hey, I caught you on no, that email. Never, never talked about it. It's like I would see them. Yeah. And uh, like one uh, one other woman I saw that night and we're not close. And she like kind of had like a stuffy job or whatever. And 
I could tell that she was like hesitant to even say hello to me at the party. And I was like, I wonder if it's because of the email. Like never, like it never happened. How many people are we talking about on this list? Like, oh, definitely like a hundred or like yeah, a thousand? Yeah, like no, like a hundred. Yeah. Like it was like, it was a lot. It yeah. was like a lot of names. And I was like, what? like, why would you do this? Also, yeah, you know, like also this kid, I'm just like, you're, you're going to law school and you don't know about like not incriminating yourself via email. Like what's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> you just like, you've implicated all of us now. So you then decamped from uh, the squarest, uh, the squarest town to smoke weed in America, Washington D.C. to California to New York City first. To New York City California. and then California. Yeah. You are now uh, ostensibly live in San Francisco, although I've seen you in New York enough times <laughs> and in Los Angeles that I'm I'm suspicious that you actually I live know. in San Francisco. You know, it seems glamorous. Really, it just means that I own three of everything. <laughs> it's <so> stressful. <laughs> so, um, so now that you're in a uh, you're in the promised land, um, are you like? Does that same sort of immigrants disapproving mother stuff still nag in your head? Or when you're smoking in California, are you kind of like free of all that? You know, like that stuff stopped nagging at me, honestly, like really early in my 20s Mm. um, where I was like, no, this is a thing that essentially like a lifestyle I enjoy. Like I don't feel conflicted about it in in a lot of ways. California is great for smoking (laughs) weed. It's just it's it's fantastic. Yeah. And and I think, you know, like what's happened is that like I'm 10 years older than I am from probably that first time I uh I smoked and so like I know what I like, I know what I want. Yeah. I um also so many, you know, like so so much evolution has happened in that world. The thing that's really interesting, so in San Francisco, like weed is everywhere. Like I'm convinced that I got dosed at a coffee shop one time. Like I <laughs> I ordered a tea and I'm not kidding, I was high the rest of the day. I was like, what happened here? San Francisco from an olfactory level is just mm, off the charts. I mean, it's like urine and weed, essentially. <laughs> like That's why we love it when it rains. I'm like, oh, the urine's gone and the, the weed smells sweeter. But yeah, you know, the thing that's interesting about San Francisco is because like weed has actually gone legit. Like people just smoke it on the street and the cops are really chill about it, right? It's like, if you're not being a problem, like it's fine. Um, I live like two blocks from Dolores, from Dolores Park and you know, there's a the guy that walks around with like magical truffles that we'll give them to you. That guy has the highest ratings on anybody on Yelp as far as I'm concerned. He has like the best ratings. There's a ton of people who just sell weed in Dolores Park. But the thing that's funny is that like because weed has gone legit, like that interaction is almost like crazy. It's like weed is Instacart now or you know yeah. like Amazon levels. And what's happened for me is because I'm still an immigrant and I'm not a citizen yet. I uh you, are, you, are you working on that? Or I am it? working on it, like, very passively. It'll happen in the near future. I'm like, you know, I'm not going to get on a database of marijuana smokers. <laughs> so, so you don't have a card? I don't have a card, as advised by my lawyer. But oh, also, like, I was like, you know what? Like, I think that's a smart move for now. So not having a card is now... <laughs> That means that you're put in these like weird situations every once in a while. All of my friends have cards. Yeah, I was going to say, you're a pretty like well-connected person. No, yeah. I feel like that's like getting someone to give you like a ride to the airport no, or something. No, exactly. Like, you're covered if you know enough people. Exactly. I put in an order of everything I like like once a week with this very reliable person. Okay, so you discover when you're like at UT like this is kind of helpful for insomnia. This is discover mm-hmm. somewhat helpful for cramps. And then you you go to California and you like your access like explodes in terms of like what you you could try or or exactly. you know experiment with like did you medically experiment with yourself to see like what stuff kind of worked for totally. you Totally I'm really um I was really curious about anything that was a uh, like sublingual 
like tinctures or creams. I, you know, I was like, is this legit? Can you really just rub this oil yeah. on your, you know, like on your pelvic area and then, uh, yeah, you know, like mean, it gets, can you? it gets better. So, um, some, yes, like yeah. they're actually, uh, so yeah, so I've been experimenting with a lot of that stuff, just like oils and cream, like topical, topical uses. My, like I draw the line at like food. I'm not down for like the fancy marijuana food. Like people are like, oh, I'm dousing this pasta in yes. like THC oil or whatever. I'm, I'm experimenting with edibles. The problem, the like classic problem with edibles and like, <laughs> I'm like one day maybe we'll have government regulation <laughs> on this and everybody will be happy is that you don't know how much you're getting. I've been like catatonic from like a quarter of like the tiniest gummy bear or like eaten a half a brownie and nothing has happened. I'm not comfortable like when I don't know everything that's going on. But I I finally had an edible that I was really down for. And it was a very nice like luxury product. And I was like, oh, who's making this like fancy box of like weed candies? Dude, do you remember the the who makes it? Hold on. I'll tell you. I took a picture of it. Lord Jones. Lord Jones. Um, Shouts to Lord Jones. Lord Jones. So good. I was like, follow their branding. Now that you're like a grown up and you have like a grown up job, I actually, what, what other projects are you working on right now? Like what, what's occupying your time? What am I doing? So I run my own consultancy. I have many uh, media and tech clients. So I do a lot of uh, both like uh, marketing and like getting basically essentially like getting products ready for um, for market. I um, I co-host this podcast called Your Girlfriend that's doing pretty well. Uh, she's um, being very modest. It is a massive success and many people know <laughs> listen to it. Uh, and I'm working. I don't know that I can say this. I'm I probably by the time this airs, it'll be fine. Um, and I'm also uh, hosting another podcast uh, called She Goes about the experiences of women of color who travel. You know, like I, I'm busy. And yeah. then what else? Oh, and then I run this newsletter with uh, my friend Jenna Wortham called Bloop and, you know, many passion projects. <laughs> so, OK, I'm going to like take several of your responses and make a mashup into one question. Tell so. Me. I think when I listen to Call Your Girlfriend, I wouldn't say it's like advice, but I kind of, it seems like a thing like a woman who's younger than you starts listening to and kind of like a lot of people are sort of looking to you and Ed Friedman for like a certain kind of like life, career, romantic guidance. Accurate. Okay. So what do you say to like yourself 10 years ago? Like what what kind of advice as a, a stoner would you offer someone who wanted to emulate your career path of uh, highly productive uh, weed smoking? It's just like uh, quit every job you have and just keep getting better jobs that pay you more money. No, but particularly with regards to like, you know, being like a, a, a 20 year old immigrant uh, smoking yeah. for the first time in Austin. Like what have you learned along the way? Here are the things that I've learned along the way is, (laughs) one, it, like, most certainly only gets better. Like, that's, like, very cheesy but true. It's, like, a lot of things. Yeah, a lot of things will, like, facilitate living this lifestyle. And, two, that in as much as you're comfortable being a little bit honest about the fact that you enjoy it is okay because that's the way to meet people and talk to people that will, you know, like kind of enhance your journey along the way is that you have, like you have to be a little open and, you know, but I don't want to discount the like both personal safety and like professional safety aspect of this. Right. Right. Is that I think that I, um, my personality is like, I was probably born with like one fuck to give and then like left that a long (laughs) time ago. Like that's just who I am. 
and I fully recognize that that's not possible for everyone. And I also know, you know, like I know that feeling of having to keep your job for security or not wanting to, (laughs) you know, like not wanting to feel judged about the people that you're in. But I think that for me, part of this shift that needs to happen in marijuana culture for it to be more inclusive is that obviously like the white people who run this game have a lot of work to do. Yeah. But I think that for, you know, for those of us who are trying to feel included is that being open to being surprised and being open to uh, like different experiences and being open to, to telling our stories. For me, it's really important to talk about it because I don't know, I want like young Muslim girls and like young black girls and young international girls to know that like you could be a productive member of society and smoke marijuana or like apply weed creams or like, do, you know, like whatever weird <laughs> thing that you want to do. <laughs> whatever whatever like, weird tincture is available. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, you know, like tinctures don't make you a degenerate. And I'm a very productive member of society. Like, it's a thing I enjoy doing. It in no way interferes with the hopes and dreams that I have for myself. And so I think it's important to talk about it. (laughs) So I'm going to turn that question on its head slightly Mm -hmm. and say, so you advise companies that are coming out with products. Yeah. If you were, I don't want to like be too specific, but a marijuana company, a company involved in the legal marijuana company economy comes to you and says like, how can we better reach these demographics that we are clearly underserving in the market, uh, people of color, women, the entire, as, as I see it, the entire way that marijuana is marketed seems to be towards like a like 27 year old man who's involved in extreme sports. Um, <laughs> like, like, how would you gear a product in that way? Oh my God, that's such a tough is this, question. Is this, is, this like a, is this also a taboo to ask a consultant to give free yeah, advice? Yeah, totally. <laughs> or just like free advice. Um, you know, it's okay. Uh, I think what's really funny is that like, you're like, it's under-marketed to women and yep. minorities. I'm like, it's under-marketed, period. Like, I yes. don't even see those, you know, like... Right. Well, I mean, the you're sports. kind of... I was going to say, San Francisco is the only place you can even really see paid marketing. No, exactly. You see it, and it's, um, you know, and I and I guess that for probably, like, government, re- like, reasons, it's why it's so under-marketed, too. It's... Yeah. You know, like, they don't... They never tell you what the product is. <laughs> it's yeah. always like look at this weird pen, like what could be inside of it? Or <laughs> I think marijuana marketing is just bad. Like yeah. it is bad. And I realize that there are, regu- there are regulatory reasons why it's bad. But I also think that like none of these companies are making an effort. None of them think of it as a as a lifestyle, like kind of like lifestyle aspirational. Where's the goop of weed? Like that's what I want. <laughs> uh, like Gwyneth Paltrow, maybe when she gets into this game, everything will get better. <laughs> like what she did for cupping. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of a question of it's like how do how do you make this thing? And and maybe it doesn't need it on a certain on a certain yeah, level. Yeah, I think like, you know, like on a level, I'm like maybe it doesn't need it. What we what needs to happen is just like more reliable information around this stuff. Right. You know and. And uh, and also creating like creating spaces that are inclusive. I do find that you know, and that's and that's an industry problem, right? It's like anytime I talk to somebody who's like works at a dispensary or is a dispensary owner, they're always like, you know, like a white dude. Yes. Or I talk to growers, uh, and they're some guy also, starts a podcast. Or a some white some cat. some guy starts a podcast. <laughs> you know what, Aaron? You're a person of flavor, so it's fine. Oh, well, that's gonna be. Uh, I'm gonna use that as like my like Metro Boomin style. I tag. know he's a person of flavor. flavor, the coolest DJ in the world. <laughs> <laughs> um, so okay, I, well, I'm gonna come back to you on that one. I like I have to think about it a little bit because yeah. I yeah. Uh, here's tough. why I predict. You're in you're in demand. 
people people <laughs> want your services. Oh you live in God. San Francisco. You're going to end up doing this. Someone like someone's going to approach you with this as an actual job. I predict this oh now. Oh my God. And then then you'll come back on the show and tell me what you found. I hope it. so. I hope so. You know, or maybe I'll just like double down on all the cheesiness and send you like, you know, I don't know, like weed leaf, like t-shirts, <laughs> a bad grinder. I'm just going to start <laughs> getting like listen to Bob Marley shirts. Yeah. And you know, it's also, or or like the cheesy answer, the like cheesy vague consultant answer. You know, this is actually really a design problem. So, <laughs> so like, figure your branding out. All right, I'm gonna. Uh, before you go, I'd like to. Uh, I'd like to give you my the peak experiences questionnaire. Experience. It's a little segment we do on the show where we ask yes. people about some uh, their sort of ideal experience. So my first question is, you're at home in San Francisco finally relaxing after 17 months of constant travel how do you like what what's your favorite way to consume marijuana what's your what what would be like your like perfect uh, perfect experience man i love a tightly rolled joint like, okay that so, makes me really happy so like who rolls the perf- who rolls the joint that that you would enjoy the most i am a very shitty joint roller like, yeah i will like that's crazy. Um, You've got like pretty nice nails, which I think could. Like, thank you. Like I, I don't know if nails are like an asset or a liability in joint rolling. I, honestly, like my joints are so bad. I don't know. I like there's this one kid I watch on YouTube all the time. I think you I, should like, blame your nails. All the things, I'll, except that my nails are short, so I can't blame my nails. I used to live with this guy here in New York, and I think that like he like to this day rolled the best joints I've ever had. I've also recently like really got into uh blunts yeah and uh that's my second favorite way number two blunts number two is blunts it's like it just depends what kind of day it was if it was a heavy day like yeah it's like blunts and rap music like that's how the day it's i have day. a long-standing history of um like failing with blunts oh my god i i think i may need to check out the youtube tutorial there number one place that you visited in the entire world this is this is like you oh. thought this was going to be a lightweight questionnaire, but actually oh we asked the hard questions. You know what? I'm you can I'm, pass. I'm, I'm going to say Paris. I'm going to say Paris okay. because it like some of my favorite family members live there, and it's just like a very special place for my family. Do you take weed on vacations with you? Um, depending on where I'm flying to, yes. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Number one place you'd like to visit? What's next on your list? I really want to go to Iceland next year. Mostly for the Instagram potential. Yeah, uh, uh, totally fair. I want to take a Kardashian-style um, photo shoot in the Blue Lagoon. But uh, to- Tokyo. Tokyo. Tokyo is where I really want to go. I like that you give like um, an answer and an alternate. It, I mean, because le- you're going to like, think about it. It leaves me with possibilities. <laughs> possibilities. <laughs> uh, favorite snack? Dog. You're like, you're in a, like, uh, you're in a peak snack position. What's, what's in that snack slot? Yeah, guacamole. Guacamole. Yeah, guacamole. Mm, I like it with guacamole. like you. You can, I think you can have a pairing with guacamole unless I mean, you're going straight like with the spoon. Good tortilla chips. Good cor- Good. Okay. Good okay. corn tortilla chips. Your f- favorite ever stoned viewing experience. You can watch one thing <laughs> stoned that you like. It can be it can be a TV series or it can be a movie. It does not have to be some sort of like a goofy. Stoned classic. I, I'm I'm open to any range of interpretations of this question. 
<laughs> I feel like I watch most things. Yeah. Well, no, that's totally that's fair. That. So I'm basically yeah, asking I you watched, what's your yeah, favorite. Yeah, I'm just like, I watched almost everything stoned. I don't, uh, and I don't necessarily, I'm not necessarily asking what's your favorite no, movie. I'm asking what was your favorite experience of watching a movie? Um, Can be in recent memory. Does not have to be <laughs> lifetime. Is uh, going to see Inside Out stoned. Oh, I got yeah. stoned out of my mind, and I don't have children, so anytime I want to see a kids thing, I'm always trying to kidnap people's babies. I'm like, give me your child, and then we can go see this thing. And nobody had a child for me to borrow, and I was like, fine, I'm gonna get stoned and go watch this. And it was so intense, and I yeah, I just like I cried a lot. It was very intense. I uh, I saw The Incredibles. I went to a test screening in Emeryville where they showed one where it was just animatics. It was like hand drawn wow. sketches. It was so beautiful. I was like, I wish Pixar would release the like sketch cuts yeah. of their movies. You can really see a lot more like humanity in them. Like you can see That's a person's cool. line moving on. Uh, you are living on a desert island that has weed growing on it. <laughs> what album do you bring? One album for the rest of your life here. Dang. Um, the Big Chill soundtrack. Big Chill soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Noted. What do you want to be doing in five years? I don't know. I just want to make more money. I want to make more things and uh, just like have more fun. That's do you do you, are you dreams. are you the kind of person who like thinks like way out ahead of yourself? Or are you kind of like focused on like what's happening to you right now? So I used to. I was always the kid where I always wanted to be older than I was. I it'll be like twelve thirty, and I'm like, oh my god, it's already it's already one p.m. Like I'm always constantly <laughs> looking ahead. But I think that in terms of when it comes to like making goals like that, I don't have anything concrete. I think that like life is long and weird and uh, you don't know where you're going to be. All you have to do is be prepared for it. So that's kind of my uh, that's my life philosophy. Thank you, Amina. I hope I hope you'll come back sometime. Yes, I'll come back when I'm advising my like big marijuana. Well, I mean, I think the the Lord Jones people are probably going to hear this and and call you immediately. Oh my God, Lord Jones, call me. I love your candies. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be back next week. We'll have a new interview up next week. Uh, Please subscribe. Please tell your friends. Please uh, let us know people you like to hear on the show.